All right, anybody ready for better? Anybody ready for a better life? Amen. We're in the book of Hebrews, and um, we're taking a journey through. I've entitled this series Better, and uh, I'm not going to talk about why, except that Jesus is better (laughs) and makes life better. Uh, We are in Hebrews chapter 2, and I want to read a couple verses and dive into this thing. Uh, For those of you who are keeping track at all, this is message number 7 in Better. We're in Hebrews 2. Who knew? All that was in there. Verse 14, therefore, since the children, that's us, share in flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus, likewise, also partook of the same that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. For assuredly, he does not give help to angels, but he gives help to the descendant of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brethren in all things so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation. Everybody say propitiation. That's a word that we use on a regular basis, propitiation. Propitiation is simply an appeasement of a deity so they will pour favor on your life. Come on. And let that be the word of the week, propitiation. Work it into a couple of sentences with your friends and uh, just see what happens. To make propitiation for the sins of the people, for since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. I want to talk today for a few moments about death defeated, life wins. Death defeated, life wins. The phrase that I want to kind of land on, to, and that's the pivot for all that I, what we're going to talk about today, is this idea uh, and what we just read. Through death, Jesus rendered powerless him who had the power of death. Death is uh, a final thing. Uh, death is, by definition, the cessation of life. Death is the opposite of life. And so where there is life, uh, there is brightness and vitality. And where there is death, there is darkness and silence. And uh, the Bible says that Jesus came to give us life. The God kind of life, not just the life that's bios in the Greek, which is just the biological function of life, but this word life that Jesus came to give us is zoe, which is the God kind of life, the vitality kind of life. Jesus came to give us life. Jesus came to defeat death. Really, when you think about death, death is the ultimate enemy. Death is the final call. Um, when, if, if you're battling sickness, there's always a chance that you could get better. Uh, when you're in a financial strain of some kind, there's always a chance that you could get a break 
or that something could happen and things would turn around for you financially. Uh, if, you, if you're in some kind of relational conflict, uh, if you are in some kind of thing where you're butting heads with someone, uh, that can change. And or God can send new people who won't butt heads with you. Somebody say amen. Uh, and then, you know, the truth is you could be facing some kind of disappointment or, or heartbreak or discouragement, and yet it is possible to come out on the other side of that. How many of you know it's a good thing that storms come to pass? Um, and it may be cloudy for a day or two or three, but the sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar. It'll come out tomorrow. But once, once someone dies, that's it. It's over. It's the ultimate. There's no more, there, there's, there's no more chance. And what I want to say is that the greatest enemy, death, has been rendered powerless. So no matter what enemy you might be facing today, whether it's a financial enemy or a relational struggle or trying to break through in your job or your career or any other thing that's going on in, in your life, Jesus has already won the victory over the ultimate enemy, death. So anything you're facing today, piece of cake for Jesus. He, amen. He's won every victory. He's won it for you. And uh, the defeat of death is not just a future benefit. It's not just something that is going to affect us on the day that we will leave this life and go to our, our, our next phase, uh, whether that will be heaven or hell is up to our choice today of what we do with Jesus. But, but really, the truth is, it's not just for the future. Ephesians 2 verse 1 says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins, verse 4, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead and our transgressions made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And he raised us up with him and he seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I think we got to keep understanding the power of this is that we were dead. When you're dead, you, you can't help yourself. You can't open your eyes. You can't lift your arms. We were dead in trespasses and sins. And the Bible said God raised us to life. He, we weren't just uh, sick and needing a healing. We were dead. We weren't just needing a little bit of help to kind of make it through this life. We were dead. We, we, we weren't just in the place where maybe God could give us a little hand up. We were dead, right? We weren't just needing to like add a little piece of spirituality to round out our life. We were dead. And just the fact that, that you have any kind of heart that is open to God, uh, is aware of God, or, or wants to draw near to God, which obviously you most likely wouldn't be here today unless that was in you. 
Thank God that he took somebody who was dead and raised them to life. Come on, that's a pretty powerful thing when you think about it. The Bible says we've been saved by grace, and it's, it's a bit of a mystery, and it's, and it's a bit of a, wow, we need the Holy Spirit to help us understand what that means, but why me? I mean, why would God choose to awaken me? Why reach down and pluck, you know, the oldest Bowman boy of five boys out and say, I want this one? who, by the way, will happen to be the worst one of the five. And just know that even the fact that you are present in the room today, even the fact that there's something in you that wants or thinks about or draws near to God, there are literally millions, maybe billions of people that are not alive to God, that are not awake to God, that are not open to God. They're dead, in their, which is why we're praying for them. Because it's going to take more than a, a good little talk on Sunday morning to awaken their soul. We were living under the power of death. Alive, physically alive, but spiritually dead. I've just recently, I've noticed there, there's a couple of high profile. Uh, guys, singers for bands. Uh, the guy who was the lead singer for Linkin Park. Just got everything going for him. Super talented. You know, got, got all the money that he would ever need, got all the adulation he would ever need, got a career that he's good at and he loves it and people draw near to him. There are people to, to if he says he wants a cup of water, people are bringing him 10 cups of water. He's just living this kind of life. Spiritually, though, dead. So much so that he ends up taking his own life. There was another guy, the, the lead singer of a band named Soundgarden, not as well known, I think, as Linga Park. Same thing. Physically alive. Got all the benefits that life could possibly offer, but spiritually dead. And what I'm saying to you today is that life conquers death. Light conquers darkness. Faith conquers doubt. Love conquers hate. Positive conquers negative. And, you know, at Easter time, we stop and we celebrate that the life of God wins out over all the enemies. We, through this, we celebrate Easter any Sunday we want to. Celebrate Easter any Monday you want to. The fact that the life of God overcame the greatest enemy, rendered powerless him who held the power of death, the devil. Easter comes to remind us that with God, there's always hope. 
Even when it all seems done and over and the disciples have kind of wandered off to, you know, let's go fishing again. I guess it's over now. And all of a sudden, here's Jesus. The Bible says over and over again that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. The life of God overcame the power of death. And if God can raise Jesus from the dead, then overcoming any problem you might be facing right now is a piece of cake. Anything that you are, that you are encountering, any enemy that you are encountering is nowhere near. The life of God overcomes and defeats death. Romans 5.17 is one of my favorite verses of Scripture. It says, if by the transgression of the one, that was Adam, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. If you were ever going to memorize a verse, this would be a good verse to memorize during this 21 days of prayer. Because there's so much power in this. By the transgression of the one, this says, death reigned. Let me give you a little piece of theology because I think this is important to get this idea. The enemy had legal right to come in the door of Adam's disobedience because Adam had been given ownership, stewardship of the planet that God had created. So when the enemy convinced Adam to actually disobey God, actually the enemy convinced Eve is teaching the Bible. Don't be mad at me. The enemy convinced Eve. She convinced Adam. And there was one thing, one thing that they were told not to do. They were free to eat of any tree in the garden, one tree. You can't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And how many of you know the minute you get told, don't eat Oreos? (laughs) Don't think about red monkeys. (laughs) And... The one thing they were told not to do, the one commandment God gave them, they disobeyed it. And by opening up themselves to the devil, they literally abdicated the ownership because now the devil is their master, and through them, the devil brings death, darkness, sin, Weeds. And the enemy 
has always had a legal right to continue in the power of death because of what Adam did. But let's be honest. It's not just because of what Adam did, because every one of us has opened the door with some kind of sin. Come on. Come on, don't, don't be sitting in this room and acting like, not me. We know better. It wasn't, you know, sometimes I look back at Adam and I go, Adam, man, one tree, stay away from it. But then I look at my own life and I go, dude, because we've all sinned and opened our own door to death. But what the Bible teaches is that Jesus came into this planet, though he was God, he put that behind him and said, okay, I'm going to live like a man and I'm going to live sinlessly. I'm going to identify with every temptation everyone has ever encountered, but I'm going to live perfectly through it. So that's what this passage is telling us, Hebrews 2.17. Therefore, he had to be made like his brethren in all things so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation. Everybody say propitiation. If you didn't learn anything else today, you got it propitiation for the sins of the people. For since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he's able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. So the devil always had legal right to bring death because people always disobeyed God and obeyed the devil. But then one came who lived a sinless life. Can you imagine? He lived a sinless life. He lived as a human, lived a sinless life. The devil always had legal right to bring death to us. But when the devil, listen to this, killed an innocent man, he overstepped the legal boundary that he had to bring death. And when the devil reigned death over guilty men and women, he had the legal right to do so. But now he has brought death to one that he did not have the legal right to. So the Bible says, one, Adam opened the door for darkness. Adam opened the door for death, for sin, for weeds, for struggle. But then one opened the door for life. And here's where, here's where I want you to start to land on this. You get to choose life or death. Death has been defeated, life has won, but you got to choose life. And so what, what Romans 5 tells us is this. Here's what happens when life wins. Much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Christ Jesus. When Jesus opened the door for life, 
He opened the door for one, a life of much more. He opened the door for not a life of barely enough, but a life of more than enough. Let, let me just walk up into your space a little bit. The Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life and might have it. What's the word? Abundantly. God's called us not to live a life of barely enough, but to live a life of more than enough. So we're not just barely making it. You know, we're not just barely having the peace to make it through the day. We got tons of peace. We barely have enough love to put up with Joe Idiot. No, we got more than enough. Barely, barely enough joy. Wish that pastor could talk about joy. Makes me mad. I, I'm just saying, darkness wants to keep backing us into a corner of living barely enough. But I just want to tell you this, God is El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough, and he's not running out of ideas. He's not running out of resources. He's not running out of hope. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. He's not running out. He's got more than enough. And the life you've been called to is a life of more than enough. And then it says that those who receive this, this gift will have the abundance of grace. I think grace is an incredible thing. Mercy is when the judgment we deserve gets withheld. Grace is, once the judgment's been withheld, grace is favor extended. Grace is the plus side. Mercy is you didn't get what you deserved. And I hope there's not a one of us in this room that ever goes, well, that's just not fair. Because how many of you know, if you got fair, (laughs) none of us wants fair. Thank God we serve a God of mercy. Thank God we serve a God of grace. Grace is favor extended. So whatever God's going to do in your life, he's not doing it because you're good enough. He's doing it because he's good enough. But anybody know that it's easy to get darkness to push you back in the corner where you start lowering your expectations, lowering what you think God can really do in your life, lowering your self 
image, self-view, thinking, if only I had it together. You don't have it together. You're never going to have it together. Even if you get it together in a couple of things, there's going to be dozens of things that you don't have together. You don't need to have it together to have the grace of God working in your life. Come on, somebody. That's what happens when life wins, right? Then it says that we be given the gift of righteousness. To be right with God is a gift given by God, not a wage earned by good behavior. And I'm, I'm always after this. God's not just trying to get you to behave. Because you can try to behave and still have a little bitty heart, little bitty brain, little bitty outlook on life. What God wants, God is after believing, not after behaving, because nobody can behave well enough. He's after believing. Once good believing starts happening, good behaving starts happening. And so I am right with God, not because of my performance, I am right with God because he gives right as a gift. When life wins, I'm receiving the fact that I, one of seven, how many billion people are on the planet now? I am right with God on my best day, on my worst day, because it's a gift. And then the other element of life winning is the fact that we are called, the Romans 5 says, to reign in life. I'm saying all this today, understanding there's enemies. There, there's, there's all kinds of things that face off against us. But you don't have to be a victim of your circumstance. All right, I'm going to say something. Just promise me you're going to love me even though I say it. But promise me you're going to try. Let life win. I'm reading this article the other day. It's talking about people that feel like they have to move out of Asheville because they can't find a good job. They can't find work. They can't make enough because rent in Asheville and houses in Asheville are too expensive. And I'm going, okay, time out. For us, it's a battle. It's a real battle. It's there. But your God, if God called you to Asheville, God will make a way for you. Those are the circumstances. They are real circumstances, but you can live above your circumstances. You can reign in life. I'm talking about letting life win. If death's been defeated and life wins, then let's live, right? Much more, abundance of grace. Live in your right standing with God. Live in reigning in life. 
And this whole passage, Romans 5, talks about this idea. Those who receive, everybody say receive. Life wins, but you got a choice to make. All the electricity in Buncombe County could be aimed at this building. Thousands of dollars could be spent on lighting schemes and video screens and sound systems. All of that is a reality. But if somebody doesn't turn on the switch, all that power, all that planning, all that investment, darkness. You got to make the choice. You got to receive. You got to embrace. You got to hold on. Life, you got to hold on to it. It'll slip away from you. You got got to, I know what I'm talking about. You got to hold on to it. And when the Bible talks about receiving, it's not just this lay back on the couch and let it flow. It, it, is, it is reach out and embrace. It is apprehend. Come on, if Jesus has gone through all that he went through to defeat death, to release life, let's grab a hold of it. Let's live. I would like for everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes, please. I want to pray for a moment. Come on, death in all its forms has been defeated. Life in all its abundance is ours. Father, I'm praying for every one of us in this room that maybe has even been backed up a little bit, that has lost their spirit of faith and confidence. Lord, a new, let fresh light and fresh life come into our world. You are the God who is more than enough. And I'm just believing you are going to encourage every single person. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I, this is the most important moment in this entire meeting for someone. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never just given him control. And you maybe you've thought, I, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I'm good enough. It's not even about that. It's about surrender. And if that's you today, I would love the opportunity to pray with you. Maybe you're here today and you know there was a point in your life where you were much closer to God than you are today. Things have happened and you've drifted off. Something's happened that maybe got in the way and you know it's time for you to come home. Time for you to wholeheartedly give your heart to Jesus. I, I wanna pray with you. Or maybe you're here today, you just feel unsure. You don't feel confident about where you stand with God. I wanna pray with you. And so nobody's looking around just these last few moments of this service, but so important. You've never given your life to Christ. 
or maybe you've fallen away, or maybe you feel unsure, but you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? Because I want my life in God's hands. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hand real high right now and say, that's me. Come on, I want to surrender to Christ. God bless you. Come on, anybody else? Just say, I want to surrender. I want to come back. I want to be sure. God bless you. Come on, anybody else? Just be brave. Just lift your hand up real high. Just to God, just say, God, I want you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, let's pray this prayer together. This is for everybody that lifted their hands, but i like for us all just to agree together and pray this. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I love you. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start, a new beginning as I receive Jesus as Lord of my life. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen. Amen.